Welcome to the Herbal Womb Wisdom Podcast, where we explore the embodied practice of herbalism with the womb at the center for folks who are new to herbs or herbalists in the making. This is a place to become empowered to include herbs and natural therapies in your personal health and, most importantly, to reconnect to the deep wisdom and healing capacity of your own body and the earth. I'm your host, clinical herbalist and integrative health educator, Kailea Honeybee. Let's dive in. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the Herbal Womb Wisdom Podcast. Woo! Episode number 10. Dang. So I'm so happy that you're here. If you're new, welcome, welcome. If you're returning, I'm so grateful that you're showing up again. It's really wonderful to be here with you. So today we have an interview with an herbalist, Sandra Hamilton, who is a friend of mine from California. I knew her in California. We both worked at the same herb shop together out there, Halo, if anybody's been to Nevada City. And that's where we met. And we actually went on this like epic adventure. I know it's funny to say that it was an epic adventure because we were just driving, but we were driving up to the Brighton Bush Herbal Conference, which is like 10 or 11 hours from where we were living. And we went together in her truck. And on the way there, the truck like half broke down and we had to call for help. It was just a, a fun adventure and memorable. But we were at that herb conference together and it was just really sweet. And we had a nice rapport. And I remember when we drove that whole 10 or 11 hours up and back, I think we, t- we talked like the entire time, mostly about plants. So telling you, she's an herb nerd. Um, but today we're actually talking a lot about kind of the the bridge between energetic and physical healing and herbalism and specifically a lot about womb healing and cord clearing in relation to energetic kind of tendrils that may be remaining after things like trauma or relationships that we've had that we haven't cleared out of ourselves or just in general certain imbalances that might be happening in our wombs and ways that she's learned through both Ayurveda and other traditional practices. She's studied with a number of different indigenous practitioners in Mexico and Peru, and so she brings a lot of that wisdom to us today. And so I'm excited for you to hear. So there are a couple of things that I want to acknowledge about this interview. Number one, uh, Sandra definitely uses gendered pronouns, and on this podcast I've been trying not to do so, um, but she uses the word women and just know that any time that she is using that word, she is definitely referring to people with wombs, anybody who has a womb. And so if, if you do not identify with the term woman but you have a womb, then I encourage you to listen and just hear that concept that this is for all womb keepers, anyone who has a womb inside their body. And number two, Sandra talks about yoni steaming. And I just wanted to mention, because not everyone might be familiar with that term (laughs) yet, that yoni is a word that is used, it's a Sanskrit word that actually refers to kind of the sacred, it's essentially the vagina, but it's like the vulva and the vagina and just the sacred space that is those those parts of our being. You know, you could also consider your yoni to be um, the entryway to the womb. 
right? And so yoni steaming then would translate as vaginal steaming. And that's some that's a term that you may have heard before. And if you're not familiar with vaginal steaming yet, we will. She mentions that I've already had somebody on the podcast to talk about that. I have not. However, I will be having somebody on the podcast to talk about vaginal steaming because it's a more and more common practice these days. And it's a wonderful practice for both energetic and some physical support. And since I'm here giving disclaimers, <laughs> I guess I'll just put out the disclaimer again, as usual, that this podcast is for your educational, empowerment, informational purposes only. It is not by any stretch medical advice or trying to replace the guidance of your healthcare practitioner. Both Sandra and I are herbalists, and herbalists are not licensed in the United States, and we are sharing from the depths of our knowledge, and it's all for you to take forward and do your own research and check in with your own self, your own body, because your body knows best is my true belief, and also your trusted healthcare providers. So here's the interview. All right. So I'm I'm so happy to have beautiful Sandra (laughs) here with us today on the Herbal Womb Wisdom podcast. So I'm going to introduce her to everybody. Um, Sandra Hamilton is a mystic herbalist and Ayurvedic health counselor who works with the, the wisdom and elements of mother nature, including plants, stones, sacred mountains, water, air, ether, and earth. She's completed herbal and healing arts studies in many places around the world, including multiple herbal programs in the U.S., learning ceremonial traditions in Peru, studying Ayurveda at Hale Pule in Hawaii, (laughs) immersive Ayurvedic experience in India, and Aztec and Mexican ancestral corundismo studies with Maestra Estela Roman. Her love of plants, animals, and Mother Earth extend into each healing session invoking self-empowerment. The land she travels teaches her about the innate intuitive wisdom that resides in all of us and the importance of honoring and praising our ancestors. Ah, so Sandra, welcome, welcome. I love how diverse your background is and also just how deeply woven both like the physical plant medicine is with the spirit and earth medicine. So I'm really grateful that you're bringing all of that to us today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on and for this podcast that you're creating. There's so many amazing podcasts out there. And yes, I'm always so grateful that we can share our wisdom. And um, yeah, I first want to give thanks to all my teachers and that I've studied with and learned from their wisdom and also the land that I'm living on in Peru and the teachings and the wisdom that I'm gaining from this land. So I always like to recognize those my teachers and the land before I start an interview. And yeah, thank you for having me on. Yay. Thank you for being here and thank you for thanking your teachers. I really, I think that's another thing that may be new to some listeners. I know a lot of folks are newer to herbs or maybe herbalists in the making, maybe just interested and curious, but just the concept of really honoring where our traditions come from, where our knowledge and our wisdom and our experience comes from is, it's something that I feel like not enough people do. (laughs) Exactly. 
but also something that is definitely a part of tradition. Like when you really look at indigenous traditions around the world, it's something that most people have incorporated over time. And I feel like we've really lost as a Western kind of disconnected culture. (laughs) Yes, Um, mm -hmm. I agree. I agree with you on that. I mean, we could go forever on that topic, but, you know, as far as the living here and I live in the sacred Valley of Peru and, um, and I've lived in some other countries, but, you know, they're so deeply connected to their family and their, and their ancestry. And, you know, it has been lost in the West because we have all, a lot of us are different ethnic backgrounds, like a mix of maybe seven to 10, or a lot of people migrate to the US. And it's just like, we're seeking, right? We're seeking a lot of us, at least a lot of my friends in the US. I mean, actually, all of them (laughs) didn't grow up with any earth teaching practices. And I, you know, and then here I come here, it's like, oh, yeah, my grandma was a herbalist, or it's like, they know, it's just like built into their family system. So yeah, it's it's really so I think for these podcasts are really helpful for us to reclaim um the wisdom that it's there. It's there. It's just it's not written and it hasn't been passed down, but our ancestors, your ancestors, my ancestors, they all had these practices. There was at least one woman or one man that was like a healer in your family down the lineage. And so the wisdom just wasn't passed down. It got stopped at one point. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we're reclaiming, right? We're Mm -hmm. reclaiming this, uh, reclaiming the staff, like taking the staff. And it's crucial. I think it's really crucial, especially now in these Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Reclaiming and reweaving and create like recreating, right? Because I mean, because so much has been lost, it's like for instance, someone like you, you've gone into a variety of different traditions to kind of really learn and deepen your understanding of how to work with the earth and plants and people. And, you know, I I think that's how a lot of us have ended up. I mean, I know that that's true for me too. You know, I've also studied Ayurveda. I've studied a little Chinese medicine. I've studied um, a lot of Western herbal medicine, but I also studied healing arts in a variety of traditions. So I think a lot of us who just don't have, like you're saying, don't have that like lineage of connection have sort of had to piece things together and weave them together in a way that actually feels, although it's not one straight lineage, it actually feels like there is some cohesion to it. So, and we can Mm -hmm. move forward with it. So yeah. yeah, gosh, honey, we could just keep talking. <laughs> let's I try know. to dig into. <laughs> let's, let's dig into the topic at hand, which today we're going to be talking about how to clear the womb and any energetic cords that might mm-hmm. be lingering there. So maybe first, let's cover, cover the tradition where this knowledge and wisdom that you're sharing with us is coming from, and how you came to it. Yeah, so I'll share. I'm piecing a lot of different things that I've learned from different traditions and what I've studied, and that's how I work with it. But how I first learned about it is personally through my own experience and healing process with my womb and and connection on an emotional and physical level. But I, when I did my first herb training in Colorado, it was a plant spirit based herbal program, and. I'm really grateful that that was the first 
introduction I had to herbalism that it was very plant spirit based. And so included in that program, we went to Mexico and studied with a cuandera, which a cuandera is like a healer in Mexico. And her name's Estela Roman. And she lives in Cuernavaca. So like an hour south of Mexico city. And we spent, I think we spent almost two weeks there and we just studied. We just did like Temascal ceremonies and lots of teachings about like the inner child and the womb. And so a lot of the practices that I learned, like with the plant bass and the Temascal and the Yoni steams come from her, her teachings. And she's very much involved with helping women that have gone through like sexual abuse or, you know, just like deep rooted female ancestral emotional stuff that we hold in our womb. So that's what I'll be speaking to today about those practices that come from her. And then also I might talk a little about the Ayurvedic way of looking at it and a a different plant bath you can do. Since you brought up the concept of like trauma that might be seated in the womb. Can you just Mm -hmm. share a little bit about what that could look like for people or where that might occur? And yeah, just more about that. Yeah. So this is really deep and really healing for women can be really healing for women when they can, first of all, get to know their body and their cycles and the womb clearings and energetic cord clearings are really crucial because we have energetic cords with people, especially as women. And the trauma that is passed down from your mother and then it's passed down from your mother's mother and your mother's mother. So there's ancestral trauma that your mother holds in her womb. And then when she gets birth to you, I mean, you're in her womb for nine months and you're kind of marinating in that womb of trauma as well. If your mother has not done that work. So it gets passed on and any disease, right? Any imbalance, any, you know, if there's an issue with, moon cycles, like your menstrual cycle that is absent or they're very irregular or, you know, my own personal experience, I had to learn how to have a moon cycle. So I've gone through this journey of, you know, I had very irregular cycles and I went like a year without a cycle. I would go eight months and I went and did all the testing, everything, you know, like, let me check my hormones and you know, and no answers, no answers. It's just like, oh, we're going to put you on birth control to regulate your cycle. And I was just like, no, like that doesn't make sense to me. Like I need to know it gets through the problem. And then I started opening the box of the emotional aspect because all diseases or imbalances, when it's an imbalance, it can turn to a disease is physical and emotional. Let's say 50, 50, right? There's a 50% part of it that is emotional. And if we don't address the emotional aspect, then it's not going to be completely healed at the root level. So, you know, when we speak of trauma, a lot of women more so than men, I mean, men endure trauma as well, sexually and in their, in their womb space, because men have a womb space as well, but we hold it in our, in our womb and then it creates blockages and it creates, it's like a vulnerability for different energies to enter, especially when you're intimate with people, with men or women, more so with men. So if a woman is with a man, because in the Kundalini teachings, I've learned from Jaya Dev 
and Semrent, their Kundalini teachers. I took a course from them and it just really stuck in my head when, you know, I was taking this class and they were re- explaining how, you know, men are the seeders. So they seed and women receive. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, we're the givers. We just like nourish. We're the feminine. And so the men can go around and seed. So men can go around and sleep with different women and be with different women intimately. And it doesn't really affect them. Yeah. They may have some emotional but they can just go from woman to woman and they don't have the same impact that women do because they're the cedars. So the man's karma, his karma can imprint the women's aura for seven up to seven years to a lifetime. So each man you sleep with, you're pretty much taking on that karmic imprint. So then, you know, say you're if you're a woman who sleeps around with a lot of different men in your lifetime, then it starts creating holes in your aura. And so um, the man is the cedar. And so he, he, by him being the cedar, he can't retain the imprint of another, but the women retain the imprint. And so this is why it's, you know, it's very, very important. Any man or person, it can even be if you're in a same sex relationship to always clear that energy when either the relationship's you're not with that person anymore, or maybe it was just like a brief interaction you had with them intimately, that is very crucial to start clearing those cords. And so how it can affect women by this karmic imprint, it's like a residue, right? And and then the woman carries it around and absorbs the imprint. Is it, she can like, her thoughts will not be clear the person's energy will be in them. Like you can't stop thinking about them, like obsessing and you can feel it in their aura and, you know, you can start observing and when you can see a woman and you can actually see it in the aura. And so like there's different Kriyas, which Kundalini Kriyas that can clear that arc line. The arc line is like the karmic, like the aura, the arc line they call and Kundalini is similar to the aura. So you can, that's why they do these different kriyas and how you can clear it. And so, you know, when I learned this, I was like, whoa, this is really intense. Like, you know, especially if you were younger and you were sleeping around a lot and it's, it's not like judging women or men for having numerous partners, but if you're not clearing the energy of that person, then the woman can start living her life very confused and actually removed from her intuition. It takes away from our intuition and our inner knowing. And women have a really strong intuition and our intuition is directly uh, related to our womb and our connection. So that's why these practices can be really crucial for clearing the energetic cords that you have with men or women through intimacy or the womb clearings from the ancestral trauma. Like if, if your mother's 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 mother, if there's a long line of women in your lineage that have been sexually molested and there's been trauma, it's going to be passed down to you in some way. You're going to feel it in your womb and it can have different effects on your body. And so These are different practices that I've worked with. And, you know, in the Kundalini teachings, they do different Kriyas. Kriyas are just like different breathwork movements where you can clear 
chords or energies, but they have Kriyas specific to what's what you're working with. So what else? So maybe well, I got just a little before off topic. We go, right, <laughs> right before we go on, I just want to um, share with anyone who's listening who might not be familiar with the concept of auras. Um, do you want to just describe what an aura is so that people? Yes, exactly. That's a good question. <laughs> so the aura is our energetic shield, I would say, you know, you could, it's like some people can see auras, like we all have an aura that's maybe a different color, but your aura is the shield around your actual body, but you can't see the aura. Some people can see auras, but like me personally, I can't see my aura. But if you're feeling like, like your aura should be like, if you put your hands out straight out, your aura should be that distance around your body. So it's like a bubble. Think of like this protection bubble. And so if you're feeling like, oh, like you go out in a crowd, go to like a a gathering and you're feeling like, oh, it's so intense. I can't be around people. Then that means your aura is too close to your body. So you need, your aura needs to be moved out more so that you have more space. So when your aura is too tight, then it can create this like claustrophobic effect. So what happens with your aura when there's trauma? So just think of it like a bubble around you. And when you have tons of trauma over and over, then that trauma just puts more holes in your aura. And we don't want holes in our aura because if you have holes in your aura, then different energies can enter. So like you can take on people's stuff. When you're with multiple partners, you can start getting holes in your aura because it starts it's like you're taking on that person's karmic imprint and it can start breaking down your aura. So there, you know, I learned in my Ayurvedic practice, there's different meditations we would do where we would tune into our aura. And, and when you can get into that deep state of meditation, you can actually feel your aura and you, you can, you can scan your aura. Like every day we would have to scan our aura and meditation and see where the holes are. And if there was a hole, then you would fill it with gold light. And so these are all like really powerful practices. And you're just using your, your mind and your intuition to really scan your aura. And so we all have an aura. It's like your spiritual protection. And so I, I like to describe it as a bubble, that Mm -hmm. spiritual protection. And so that's why the aura is really important to take care of it. And a lot of like Kundalini practices and Ayurveda and yoga, um, they always talk about your aura, especially in yoga trainings and how to really manage your aura and have that protection so that other entities aren't entering. And it can get really interesting when there's a lot of trauma because then different entities can enter like different spirits. You just let anything enter into you. and if you meet someone on the street, you're not going to initially just be like, oh yeah, come to my house and come hang out and come look at my room. And, you know, there's like, you're going to, it takes, it takes like levels, right. To become friends. Like, okay, let's, let's see if we're going to be friends, but we're so quick to let spirits into our energetic field. Cause we may assume that all spirits are good, but you want to, you want to work with the spirits that are well, not unwell. So if your aura is 
really has a lot of fragmented holes in it, then you might just be letting all these entities in and then they're kind of running the show. Right. So it's, it's, you know, with this Kundalini practice, I was talking about with the womb and how to clear your womb of the man's imprint that can be in you for seven years to lifetime. So it's if you're not doing these clearing practices, then you could have maybe four to five different men's energies in you. And that's a lot. That's a lot of different energies that stay in you for up to seven years for women, because we're like the nurturers. We just like absorb and take it on. We're not the cedars. So, and so the men don't take on the women's karmic stuff at all because they're the cedars. So I found that very interesting and powerful because it can shift our consciousness about having more intention around who we want to be with. Right. Mm-hmm. And that can start healing the womb and, and then you won't have to do as much work of clearing the energetic cords from different partners out of your womb. If you're, you know, if you're really, really staying conscious about who you're intimate with and, and I understand like it's a process some women go through this process where, you know, depending on how we were raised and your relationship with your father or your mother, you know, we may have numerous partners and it's okay. Like it's okay if you're still in that, that state of being, but just make sure that you're clearing each person's energy from you. And that could shift a lot, you know, mm-hmm. it's really, and this is so interesting. And I feel like I've heard some of this before, but some of it is just, it's refreshing inside me, like some of these memories. And just to say that I feel like, I mean, it's been a long time since I've had a different sexual partner because I am in a monogamish relationship. And, but I think about that, like I can see how some of my previous partners, like I still felt them Mm -hmm. in relation to me for a long time. And with this whole seven year thing, yes. Okay. There's maybe one other person then that still is with me. And that I don't think I've personally cleared his energy out. So I'm curious, let's, let's dive into how, how to clear, how to, how to move some of this energy out. Yeah. So, you know, when I, what I learned from Estella in Mexico is there's this technique of the Temazcal. And a lot of this, when you do these ceremonies or practices, you're also it's not wise to just sit there and be like, okay, spirit's going to take care of it. I don't have to do anything. (laughs) Like you also have to imagine seeing the energy where it's connected and not even imagine, like if you're somatically in tune with your body, you can feel what that energy is. And then when you're in the ceremony or doing the practice, then you, you can see it leaving, you know, but the Temazcal is a ceremony that's kind of like the native American sweat lodge, but they use plants. So they don't put the stones inside. They put them on the outside and they make like a tea of different plants. And then they pour that water on the stones. And so the Temazcal is very, very powerful in Mexico because it's a way of purifying and they do it after, after women give birth, they go in there because you lose a lot of heat and it warms your womb back up. But mm. the Temazcal is symbolic of when you enter in to the Temazcal, you're entering back into your mother's womb. And so it can be really intense for people because you can have memories of you in the womb and 
you know, when you're in the womb, you absorb all this. And then you can also use the Tama scalp for clearing these cords of, you know, what I've done in the past and it's worked for me is like when I've been in the Tama scalp, I go back to the names of the people that I've been intimate with in the past when I was younger. And I just say their name and then I release their name and that cord into the the stones or back into the earth and giving that back to the earth. So that's like the Temescal is also a way of clearing cords and but also connecting your cords to the earth. So it's very you're sitting on the earth so you can do this energetic exchange where you're clearing that energy and you're giving it to the earth and then you're bringing in gold light from the earth back into that space to fill it with gold light opposed to just you cleared a cord and it's empty dark energy now and it needs to be filled with gold light so whenever we're like cleansing and purifying and cord cutting or cord clearing or womb clearing we want to fill it back up with gold light so that it's like this nourishment because sometimes when we're doing a lot of healing work and clearing cords then you need to rebuild. You can just become really depleted because you're just like taking everything out of you and you need to make sure you're bringing the gold light in as well. And so that's a really powerful practice. I love working with the Temescal. If anyone that's listening has access to you, but you don't need to do a Temescal. You don't need to be in Mexico. You can do the Native American sweat lodges and you can just go in to the lodge with that intention that you want to clear. Maybe it's just three people, you know, you don't have to do it all in one day. It could be a process over a span of a year, depending what you're, how you want to work with it and what pace you want to go at. But you could go in with that intention and you could clear three people, maybe that you can feel in your body and you release that energy and you know, there's different prayers that I say, like, like away negativity, away negativity, away obstacles or away, like cleanse this energy that's not serving me. So you can create your own prayer of how you want it to be. And it really helps this Temescal ceremony because you're sweating or the sweat lodge, you're like sweating and you're really purifying and you have a prayer, right? You have a strong prayer. So that's one practice I like to do. And then the Yoni steams, I love to do the Yoni steams are really powerful because they're, they're used for physical and emotional imbalances. So the Yoni steams can really bring up a lot of emotional stuff because the plants, the oils of the plants are getting into those tissues and there's like a release, right? It's cleaning out that area. And when you're cleaning out your womb, it can stir up emotional toxins that we hold in our womb. And so the yoni steams, I um, I really like to do lavender, rose, and chamomile because those three plants, they're softening, they're very clearing, they relax, they're calming, and they're anti-inflammatory. So when you do these yoni steams, for one, it connects you to your womb. So I feel in order to really clear energetic cords, like we have to first build a connection with our womb, right? Get to know our womb touch it, like lay in bed and put your hands on your womb and really tune into it. So, you know, I feel that's always the first step is like 
getting to know your womb and tuning into your womb and then clearing the cords can start happening. And we're not going in there and like ripping the cord out. Cause like there's some healers that do cord cutting Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's kind of a tricky word because cord cutting is, can be really intense. Like I want to go in there and cut the cord of this person. Well, it can actually backfire and that person can feel it. They can feel Mm -hmm. that cord. It's like you just cut off the milk supply or the umbilical cord. And then they want to like grasp at you more. They, they may become like, ah, like, cause they feel it, but they don't know what they felt. And then they're like clinging onto you more. So how I've learned is actually when you want to remove a a cord, you don't like cut it with a knife. You actually just go in there and pull it out where you visually see it. And then you hand it back to that person. Like Mm -hmm. imagine their hands are out and you just give it, you give them back their their cord. You don't need to cut their umbilical cord off because they're going to, they're going to get hungrier. They're going to get hungrier and they're going to be like, where are you? You know? So um, with the Yoni steams, the Yoni steams help you connect with your womb. And, you know, there's contraindications for Yoni steams. Like I don't do Yoni steam. If you are pregnant, if you have an IUD, if you're trying to get pregnant and you're ov- during your ovulation phase, because it's going to make everything slippery. And um, with the IUD, it may move your IUD. And and then you don't want to do it while you're on your moon because it could create more bleeding. And you're already cleansing anyway when you're on your moon. So I'm not going to go too deep about Yoni Steams because I think you had somebody on your podcast for Yoni Steams. And I'm talking more this is a Yoni steam for like an emotional, we use Yoni steams for physical, but what I'm talking about today is for an emotional. And so that's why it's just like lavender, rose and chamomile, because those are very feminine, gentle, softening, heart opening. And so when you do a Yoni steam, you can just sit and connect with your womb. And if you're already really connected with your womb, then you can also do the Yoni steam and Imagine the plants and the oils pulling the energy of that person out of your womb. So it's, you know, it takes the prayer. It's the prayer, right? It takes the intention and the prayer because it's not like this physical surgery where like a surgeon's going to come in <laughs> and take those, like mm-hmm. take the cords out. Cause we're working with energy, right? This is an energy and karma is an energy. And, and so the other thing. Before we go on to the other thing, can I just, I feel like one thing that I don't know for anyone who's listening, if, if any of this is new to you, like if the idea of working on like a spiritual or energetic level or emotional level is new to you, just even just allowing yourself to just expand and welcome new information in. And just like, if it's hard to believe that it's true, because maybe you're like really physically oriented, then think about it as a physical thing, but but allow yourself to imagine that it could be true, you know, open mm-hmm. up to the idea that it could be true. And I think even that can help to release some of these things. I've seen that for sure in my life and with folks that I've worked with at times that even just that sense of like, okay, well, if I don't fully believe this yet, then just starting to imagine it and seeing it happen and then feeling the effects is all that's needed, right? And for few folks who are more deeply connected and ready to dive into like the prayer and really trust the process, of course, it is, you know, it's here for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, I mean, 
I think for the listeners right now, just be open and receptive to hearing that. And then, you know, maybe we could, maybe I could offer a few books in the show notes Mm -hmm. or something that you could put in the show notes. So, you know, it's also if listeners have, have witnessed, like when you walk into a room, sometimes you can feel people's energy. Like you can feel like, Oh, that, that child is really sad. And you can emphasize, right. You can be like, Oh, they're really sad. So it's like, it's energy. Right. And, and so when we're sexually active with people and then you break up with them and you can't stop thinking about them, like it's like almost obsessively, right. Where it's just like, it's obsessive. (laughs) Well, it's happening because their energy is in you. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's the same. If you go to a party and you come home at night, this is what Stella told me. And whenever you're in a large gathering, you come home at night, you should take a shower. Mm. You don't have to use soap. Just get in the shower and wash off with water mm-hmm. because you've taken on some energy. We all take on, we all feel people's energy. It's fine. And you don't have to walk around being scared of people's energy. It's just putting up your boundaries. It's boundaries because we need to learn how to put up spiritual boundaries as well. And we're, you know, also boundaries in real life, which a lot of us are really weak in our boundaries. So if we're weak in our boundaries on daily life, we're really weak in our spiritual boundaries. So mm-hmm. we're just going to let things come in. So you just rinse off with water and then you get in bed because sometimes you'll get in bed and you won't rinse off and you can't stop thinking about the person you just had a conversation with. And it's just like, you're rerunning the whole story through your head. And it's because that person's energy is still in your auric field. And so these are the things, if, I don't know if that's, gives a better idea of when you're intimate with someone and how we take on the energy. So the next thing I like to do for womb clearings, well, connecting with the womb so that we can clear the cores is getting really connected with your moon cycle. And it's like, if we're really disconnected from our womb and our moon cycle, then it may be a little harder to drop into clearing these energetic cords. So that's why I'm kind of, that's why I'm trying to be like, okay, first would be let's connect with the womb. And if you're one of those people that can do both at the same time, that's great. Like connect with your womb and be clearing. But I, I like to use like a cloth pad when I'm on my moon cycle, because um, you can soak it in water and then that water you use to feed the earth. It's an offering to the earth. And if you can, you know, you dilute it. I usually put it in a bucket and then, you know, you dilute it a little with water, like half and half so that the plants aren't getting like tons of iron. So I feed my plants and the earth and anytime I move somewhere new, or a new land, or I live on land, that's the first thing I do, because it's connecting you as a woman to the earth. And we are made of earth, like women, we're so connected to the earth, but we've gotten disconnected. And so if you can imagine, if you can start having this ritual where you're giving your moon blood to the earth or the plants, this can help you connect deeper to your womb. And at the same time, help clearing those cords, because you're giving the the energy back to the earth and then bringing in clear gold light into your womb space. And so those are a few practices that I like to use for women to connect to their womb, because I feel a lot of us are disconnected because especially in the Western world, at least when I grew up, 
that that wasn't we could there was no conversation about womb <laughs> yoni like that didn't exist it was like oh yeah no like this is like you can't talk about this <laughs> like what the you know it's like I had to figure it out on my own I had to like oh my god what I'm bleeding like mm-hmm what what do I use like I had to figure out how to do it all on my own and it was so like scary it was so frightening <laughs> I was like I don't want to put this like tampon up this and yeah. I was like I had a fear of it and I was like I don't you know I hadn't even been intimate yet so it was like okay mm-hmm. I'm like putting something up up me that you know is scary and so if we can start just if we can start connecting with their womb then when they have children or if they already have children, then this is how we can shift the collective consciousness of like, why as women have we had to walk around with these energies and not know about this? And why are we not connected to our wombs anymore? And so, yeah, it's really huge. It's been really healing for me doing all these practices. And I was very, 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 very disconnected from that whole area, the root chakra, like I was like, no, it was like, it was almost like layers of tape around it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I've had to unravel, I had to unravel it. And so I'm I'm teaching a lot from my own experience. And also, you know, I work with women and I've taught Yoni steam classes and uh, working with Estella who works a lot with like sexual trauma and and how to clear these cords. But I did want to mention for the Kundalini Kriya, if anyone listening is really into Kundalini, I would recommend Jaidev and Simran. They have some really um, amazing classes. But if you're familiar with Kriyas, the one for clearing the arc line, the aura of sexual energy from men, the Kriya is called um, Sodarshan. So I can send that to you in an email and you can put it in the show notes so they can like mm-hmm. maybe Google, they could Google that Kriya and there's tons of videos on how to do that Kriya. So if somebody wants to just do that on their own at home, you can do that Kriya for th- 30 days. They say it takes 30 days to rewire a whole pattern. So they could do that for 30 days and that would clear the cords, mm-hmm. the, the energy. So that's a really power. And I've done that Kriya and it's really powerful. Um, when I was clearing all these energies. So um, another, I mean, I, I want to mention some herbs. So maybe I'll just mention briefly about Ayurveda. I won't go too into detail because Ayurveda is like a whole nother study and it gets really deep, but we have the Vata dosha, which is air and ether. And then we have the sub dosha. So there's a sub dosha called Apanavayu. And Apanavayu governs the area below the navel and down. So it's related to our menstruation. So a lot of times when women have a lot of different energy in their womb and trauma, sexual trauma um, or emotional trauma in that area, your menstrual cycles will stop. And so you really got to address the emotional trauma. And yeah, there is a physical imbalance to, to this apanavayu where the energy is moving upward and not downward. So apanavayu, we want the energy to move downward. That's how we give birth. You know, we want everything to move downward. And so um, there's different herbs that you can use to start cleaning out like uterine detoxifiers and uterine tonics. <clears throat> and one that I really like is dashmula tea. 
and it dash dashas 10 roots and then it's 10 different ayurvedic roots that are in this blend it's called dashmula tea and it's a uterine detoxifier so a lot of times we can have menstrual issues because there's a lot of toxins in the womb and the uterus and and there's a lot of blockages so it's a really grounding tea and then and you can get that online it's really really amazing and then shivana prash is a like a jam made with ghee and jaggery and and all these different herbs maybe 20 different herbs and it tones the reproductive function and so anytime you're incorporating herbs and you start working with plants to help um, clear out some toxins out of your uterus you're going to naturally have the emotional stuff come up and so they play hand in hand so then you will be able to start looking at the emotional stuff and you can start journaling if that works for people of what chords you're trying to clear. If you need to go back and write a list of all the different people you've been intimate with, their names, if you remember their names, maybe you write them down so that you can release that energy. These are different practices that I've done and they've been so helpful so if it's okay with you, unless you have any more, I can go on to like plant baths for shame, which is connected. Oh, that, that sounds good. I think that, do you think like ban- Banyan botanicals would have what you mentioned, the Chavan Prash and the Dashmula? Yeah. Yeah. They sell it. Yeah. It's really. So state that on here for anybody who's ready to dive into that. Um, yeah. as a source, because I think when you start looking up, I mean, in my experience, I also, have certainly Googled things and you end up with like random companies and it's hard to know where to get things. So. Yeah. I get my stuff from Banyan cause it's all organic, but they have the Dashmula tea mm-hmm. that you can order and it's, yeah, it's really, really healing. Yes. Plant bath. <laughs> okay. So this is the, I think we're probably nearing we could, I could go on forever. So keep me, keep me at my, <laughs> yeah, no, let's keep, keep, let's keep me within the hour. <laughs> so I like, okay. So I work with plant baths a lot. And so I've learned this from my Western herbalist teacher, herbalist teacher and Shelly Torgov in Colorado from Estella Roman. And there are a lot of Mex, these are Aztec Mexican traditions, but they're also traditions in Pedro. It's the same. They do the same things here. They do the plant bath. So they're all very interconnected, these um, teachings. Cause I, you know, I moved to Pedro and it's like, oh, they're doing the same thing. And they use the very similar plants. So for the plant baths um, to help with shame. So when there's sexual trauma or any kind of, Maybe you're intimate with a lot of people or a few people and you felt like you were taken advantage of, or maybe you didn't want to be intimate with that person, but you felt like you had to be because as women, there can be this pressure, right? For maybe we have this energy where, well, if I'm intimate with them, then maybe they'll like me. So this can turn into shame, right? That we carry, we carry the shame in our womb. And the shame is passed down through your parent, through your mother as well. So if she had shame, then that shame is passed down if she had sexual trauma. And so there's different plant baths you can do and you will say a prayer to release it. So you'll make like a tea with these plants, um, rosemary, aloe. And if you don't have aloe vera, you don't, 
you know, if you're somewhere where it's really cold, you don't, you can leave that one out. Um, marigolds. So you could use marigolds or calendula, any kind of yellow flowers, because yellow flowers bring light to the dark areas. So the dark areas are our lymph. So a lot of the emotional stuff hide in our lymph, like under our armpits. That's like the dark areas in our body where the sun doesn't shine. So the calendula and the marigolds bring light to the lymph, bring light to the dark areas. And so you would make like a tea with these, with those plants in a pot. And then once it's cooled down enough to put on your body, you would stand in a bathtub or shower. And so you're not, you're not soaking in the bath with these plants. You're actually putting them in a bucket and you take that bucket to the shower and you stand up and you actually pour, get a cup and you pour it starting at your head. And then it washes over your head all the way down your body. So this is more, uh, this type of plant bath is a type of energetic cleansing. And so you could sit in a bathtub of all these plants, but this is how I was taught in Mexico when you're really wanting to clear away shame or just really wanting it to be really strong clearing. And so as you're doing that, you also have to have the intention, like you have to have your prayer. What's your prayer? Maybe you're saying away shame, adios shame, goodbye shame. I don't need you anymore. You know, whatever you, your words, but use your words really strong and the whole time, if you have to create a, a mantra of what you're, the shame that you're clearing, you say the mantra the whole time as you're pouring the water over your head. And then chamomile is also really amazing for shame. And then any of the aromatic herbs. So like rosemary, basil, lemon balm, uh, roses can help release the stuck emotions. And then you can add sea salt to that blend too, because sea salt helps clear the energy as well. So I like to in I like to do these baths quite a bit. You could do it every day if you're feeling like you could do it once a week, you could do it once a month. What just listen to your body and if you feel like you need to do it every day for a while, then you do it every day. And they're really really powerful because it's the energy of the plant that's helping also clear this energy, the spirit of the plants. And once we make a connection with the plants, then they're our allies. They're going to, they want us to help us clear the shame. They're not going to be like, no, I'm not going to help you. <laughs> like they, they're, they're in service to us. Right. But you also have to have respect and a strong intention. It's like, if you go to an acupuncturist or any other healer, a magnet therapist, they're not doing all the work. They're the channel. You have to do the work too. You have to have the positive mindset that you are healing. You're capable of healing. Your body is regenerating. These energetic cords are leaving you. You know, if you have to imagine the energy of that person you were with, like what was, what was their quality? What was the energy of that person? Maybe they had a quick, maybe they had a fiery energy, and okay, maybe you imagine a fire leaving you, like that fiery energy. So we all have different ways of working with the visualizations and the mantras. So it's really crucial for you to create your own prayer for you. Yeah, so those are that's how I do the plant baths with those plants. And one last 
herb that I love using for women, the flower essence, motherwort flower essence mm. that people can get. There's the flower essence society in Nevada city. I really like their stuff. Or if you have a store like a local health food store, they probably have, maybe they'll have motherwort flower essence, but it connects with the physical heart of the uterus. Mm. And this could be something that women out there could start taking while they're going through this process. And this isn't, this isn't like a one day, okay, one day I'm done. I cleared all the cords. I cleared all the shame. Like it's like any other healing, right? If you're have a disease that you're trying to get to the root of the problem, it takes time and patience. So this could be like a month to year journey for some women depends on the pace. So back to mother word, it's, it's all about mothering ourselves. So the, those women who feel like um, they need mothering because they didn't have a mother that was mothering to them. Um, that can, that, that sits in your womb when you maybe didn't have a mother where you didn't feel mothered and you had to mother yourself that's in your womb and it creates an energy that isn't the best for your life and for your future and your, um, what you want to create in your life. And it also strengthens and relaxes the uterus. That's the taint motherwort tincture strengthens and relaxes the uterus, but the flower essence works on an energetic level. Yeah. So that's all such good and beautiful information, Sandra. One thing I did one clarification or actually just additional question is when you're making the plant baths, when I've made plant baths myself, I'm just basically taking like a handful of herbs and putting them into water. And it's not like a precise amount, but I'm curious if you have a specific ratio of like herb to water for making these baths. Yeah. So I don't have a specific ratio. It's very, for me, I, I everything, but you know what I learned like if you want, if people want to measure, it's like a quart of water for one cup of water for three tablespoons. But I mm, yeah. like when I make a plant bath, I do exactly what you said. I just put a handful of each mm-hmm. and do it very intuitively. But if they want more rosemary, then maybe do two handfuls. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it's good for people to tune in to what plant is really calling them. And maybe they're really connecting with um, calendula. So maybe put more calendula. I would put more calendula if you're feeling really like, Oh, I really want to connect with calendula or I'm really feeling this plant. So yeah, I usually just do, I get a pot, like you could get a medium or large, if you have a large size pot, I would recommend that and just fill it with water and boil the water and then put the handfuls. So like one handful of each plant in there. That's how I generally do it. One to two handfuls. Two mm-hmm. is two is better if you want to do it because it'll be a little stronger. It just depends how much you have on hand, but one to two handfuls. Yeah, the plant baths are very, there's like when I learn from the ancestral, like Mexican indigenous traditions and here in Peru, they don't measure anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like, like you guys don't measure anything. It's just, they know I measure with certain with when I'm ingesting plants and giving stuff to people, but for a plant bath, it's very, it's, it's, yeah, you're not measuring It's one to two handfuls, like how you do it. So yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Thank you. I just feel like there's so much for us all to kind of take in from this and to go back to. I mean, I'll have some show notes that will have at least the basics of what you shared down, and then people can always go back and listen again if there's something specific that they'd like to hear. And and let's say somebody wants to learn more from you, Sandra, What, where would they go to do that? And what do you have? Do you have anything coming up this year that you want to share about? I do. Oh my goodness. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm so excited. No. Um, now I'm just in this point in my life where I feel like things are actually starting to move. So I'm like so grateful that I can share this wisdom from my teachers and pass it down. And there's so much more out there and I'll try, I'll send you a few books that people can look at. But as far as I have a website, oshamaisherbal.com. And I have Instagram, which you're going to put on the show notes. My Instagram is oshamaisherbal, and I'm always posting updates on there. But we have a, a retreat. So, me and my business partner, Dancing Sage Wellness, we met in an herb program, and we've been doing retreats. We had our Peru, a Peru retreat that we just had last or we just had it in November. So we have set new dates for our Peru retreat, which will be in October of 2022. Officially just like, put, we're like, just got that together this week. So we're really excited because that one is co-ed. It's always been co-ed. It can be any gender, any, however you identify. Um, but our, we have a Costa Rica retreat that's happening um, this month. I leave March 21st, but that one's full. I hate to advertise it, but it's full, <laughs> but I, I like to advertise about it because we are going to put new dates soon. So we're having another one. We just haven't figured out the dates, but if you're on my website, we will release the dates, but that one I wanted to talk about because it's the one in Costa Rica is in Uvita de Osa, and it's only for women. And we make that one only for women because we focus on womb healing and we focus on heart opening and our heart is directly connected to our womb. So heart opening, womb opening. Uh, and we're going to be doing yoni steams, waterfall, Olympias with plants. And it's just really going to be, it's a really special one. And so that one I wanted to talk about um, for women that maybe are listening that want a little more want to go deeper with the womb stuff. And we work with this lady there in Costa Rica who does uterine memory meditation. So it's like a meditation where she's drumming and she guides you through uterine memories. So all the memories that you have stored in your uterus. So it, that's a, that's another way of how we're going to clear energy through that. So the Costa Rica is all focusing on clearing energies and womb clearing. So if anyone's interested, just keep an eye on my website. We're going to post the dates for our new Costa Rica probably in a month. So we'll be having another Costa Rica retreat. So just keep an eye out. And on your website. And I guess they could follow you on social media and then hopefully yeah. see it. Of course, yeah. the algorithms don't do very well at sharing everything with everyone, but <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, Oh, I haven't gotten those yeah. down yet. <laughs> Me neither. But I'm very confused about it. I know. I was like, I'm like, what is this algorithm thing? <laughs> but Instagram, I'm always posting on there. And then my website's connected to Instagram and 
So, so what else? I think that's all for now. We're just trying to get these um, retreats up and running where we work in Peru. We were, our retreat is, um, they're all plant herbalist retreats. So in Peru, we, we do more medicine making and we work with the Peruvian. We work with a few Peruvian people here. Like I have a friend who makes essential oils. So he's going to do like a distillation class. He makes essential oils and hydrosols and we're in the high mountains, the Andes of Peru. So we do some ceremony like tobacco ceremony and we do one Wachuma ceremony, which is Mm. a San Pedro cactus. Mm. And then we work with the Pacos, which are, um, the high medicine men of the Quiero community and they're, they're the high mountains. They're the indigenous practices of the high mountains. And we do despacho ceremonies, which are just offering ceremonies to the earth. So it's very animistic, the teachings here in Peru. So beautiful. Yeah. I love Thanks. all of that. I, I have such, such a, a sweet relationship with Huachuma and I love Huachuma so much. So it's wonderful for anybody who is interested at all in doing a little traveling to deepen their relationships with the plants or with their wombs. These seem like really amazing opportunities. Um, so yeah, I will definitely get those links put on the show notes page. And I'm just so grateful, Sandra, thank you so much for showing up and really bringing beautiful information to us and yeah, just being you. Thank you for being you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I feel I, it was so lovely. I mean, we haven't been connected in a while, but we both used to live in Nevada city and, and I was just so excited when I saw you starting podcasts. I was like, yay. (laughs) And yeah. So thank you. And maybe one day you'll could come to Peru be on one of our retreats. (laughs) Yeah. I would love, I would love for us to connect in some way. Yeah. (laughs) Some herbal herbal exploration way. Okay, friends. Well, there it is, the interview. I hope that you enjoyed it and found some areas of interest that you can explore more, whether that's physical or energetic. I mean, even just starting with the plant baths is really simple practice that might be that anybody can do. You know, it doesn't even have to necessarily be the plants that she mentioned. Like if you have plants around you, aromatic plants especially, that you feel a draw to or you feel like they somehow clear energy or are protective for you, you can start with those plants. It could just be plants that are like in your garden, you know, whether that's thyme or lavender or whatever it is that you might already be growing. Rosemary is wonderful. And I do know, you know, that it was a lot of maybe it could be different and new information for for you if you're not as familiar with maybe the energetic body, things like the aura or, you know, the energies that we're carrying into a space or the protective layers that we have or how we might merge with other people energetically. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that people in indigenous communities and different traditional cultures have been exploring as part of the healing practice for thousands and thousands of years. So the idea of only focusing on the physical versus kind of bringing together the physical and the energetic and the spiritual layers, it's not a new practice to kind of merge these things together. It's like they've been pulled apart over time. And really, I agree with Sandra that the most profound and effective healing often happens when we really weave in 
all of these layers together. And we can talk about more of this in the future. So as we mentioned on the interview, um, all of Sandra's links will be on the show notes page, and that will be herbalwomb.com forward slash episode 10, that you can find anything about her retreats or um, her suggestions. She sent a bunch of suggestions for different resources for deeper inquiry and exploration with uh, womb connection and various other traditional practices. So you can go check out the show notes page for that. And if you loved this episode and you would like to leave a review, I would love that. Five-star reviews are amazing. And also just hearing from you if you want to write a review, it's just really nice to actually read your words and see how things are landing for you and what you're interested in. And of course, as always, you're welcome to hop on the email community, which is you can join at herbalwomb.com forward slash join the community. And that is a place where every week I send out an email uh, with some extra insights, sometimes some photos, a story maybe, some extra links to resources. So it's just kind of an additional support if you are loving this podcast and you want to deepen your connection with me. So until next time, my beautiful friends, live well, connect deeply, feel into your womb, feel into your energetics, connect with the plants, maybe even explore a plant bath of some kind, and have a beautiful rest of your day. 